The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Don't forget, tomorrow we're out. We're going to be at Twin Peaks in Warrenville. Hope to see you there. Break up the work week. 252 Deal Road in Warrenville. We'll be there uh, 2 to 6, and so will the Nissan Titans street team. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Plenty of football conversation. Eddie Olchek will be on with us tomorrow as well. He's got the call tomorrow of uh, Bedard's second game, and he'll react to game one. But uh, he'll have the national call on TNT tomorrow for the Blackhawks and uh, Bruins. So we love talking to Eddie Olchek. He is the best. He's the greatest. Um, Jeff Saturday uh, joining us here in a moment. Uh, A lot of good uh, conversation uh, this morning. Did Darnell Wright get a pancake? I I didn't get a chance to see Get Up. Usually Tuesdays are my uh, viewing pleasure for Get Up. Because he pancaked the hell out of a a commander's uh, cornerback or safety. He did, and it was the thing I missed most when Saturday left the set was pancakes. Like, that's the most fun they have. Like, Dominique uh, Foxworth gets into it. Greenies jumping up and down. They're all jumping. They're throwing pancakes all over Graziano, the side. Graziano, who doesn't, yeah. yeah, I don't think has Graziano ever had a carb. Has, he never has fun, Graziano. Graziano's always, always about working. the facts. Yeah. He, but he has fun. Jeff Saturday, uh, we love him, uh, and uh, he joins us for the first time in a while on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline on Waddle and Sylvie to talk some Bears and NFL. Uh, Jeff, how have you been? It's long time no talk. Oh, fantastic. And listen, the, the, the pancakes were alive and well this morning, and Graz was jumping around, Fox was, and yeah, Wright made it, bro. He was, nice. uh, he was the first one on. He got the, uh, they ran that little counter tray and uh, laid the hammer down, and so yeah, we gave uh, credit where credit was due. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, man, to, uh, to do it. And it, it, it's so much fun. The segment itself is so much fun. It's taking a life of its own, obviously. And uh, but yeah, we have. And to your point, Graz has never touched a car. No, I never. mean, good great. He's the, he's the only Italian guy name I know that's like <laughs> meat, you know, meat and veggies only. Like what? Where where are you from, bro? So, but no, it's uh, it's a great crew, man. We have a blast. I don't know how much um, Darnell Wright you've gotten to see because you're watching the entire league. But you know, there was a lot of talk about the Bears and Jalen Carter. It was a safer pick. To go for Darnell Wright, have you seen much from Darnell Wright? We seem to like him, and I know Lewis Riddick really likes him uh, as a former offensive lineman. What do you see from what you've seen so far? Yeah, just good physicality. I mean, good good athletic balance. Like he's going to be a good player. I mean, I think I think what happens with teams, especially offensive linemen, they are they are safe picks, right? Like when you think about taking guys and where are they going to be and, you know, how long can they hang around? And, you know, usually you find a good one. They're going to be there. You know, there'll be a starter somewhere 
eight to ten years, which is great value in production. Um, but it does take time to develop, right? I mean, you, you especially um, with an offense that has been struggling like you guys obviously have been uh, earlier in the season, it can, it can put you in situations you don't like. But I love the battle. Man. And I'll be honest, there's a, there, there have been um, – when, when you see guys pulling like he's doing, putting his hat down, getting across, taking good, good quick sets, all of that has been good. I haven't broken him down and just studied him alone. I've looked at a lot of just bears by itself, when, especially because of all the criticism, obviously, of fields. And is it he or is it the line? Is it your system? You know, all the stuff that goes into it. Um, but, but you know, it, it's, it's a, like, like the rest of the offense. It's a work in progress. But he, he's coming along. I know, I know Lewis does. He, he loves them. And, and there's a lot of guys that I follow uh, – on X or whatever that are that are big uh, O line guys, and they all have all, all strong things to say about them. Jeff, before we get more specifics about the Bears, are you are you happy to be back in the studio? Not just doing the pancake stuff, but also just being an analyst again after what you went through last year coaching the Colts. Oh, I, yeah, I love it, man. I mean, listen, I, I loved it when when I left. I mean, this is a this is an incredible gig. I, I, I tell you, man, it keeps you around the game. You study it. You kind of see what's happening. Um, and look, I, I would I wouldn't go back and do anything any different. I, my, my time at the Colts, I know we didn't win many games, but I I enjoyed the heck out of the process. I knew what I was getting into. I, I mean, you don't fire a coach midway through the season and expect you to come in and win a bunch of games. So I I knew what that was going to look like, um, but made some great relationships, learned a ton. I tell you, I, I tell people all the time. It, it, probably one of the greatest learning experiences, it, and it was like drinking from a fire hose. In um, you know, you, you're, you're just getting inundated with information and what it looks like. Uh, but I learned a ton, man. I learned a ton about what are other people's problems. How can we help solve? Okay, what's the receiver's problem? Tight, you know, all the different conversations you have in meetings with coaches, and and so um, yeah, man, great experience and and. You know, obviously, I, I, you know, you guys know I love the Colts, but uh, as far as getting back, it, there's nothing better than talking about football, man. I mean, it is, and and I've studied the game for so many years, and you've kind of seen it develop. You follow guys, you follow teams, you get kind of locked in, and so it's it's uh, it's a joy to do, man. It really is. If if Matt Eberflus struggles more here down the road, we've been brainstorming um, someone to pluck off the get upset. Would we just go back to you, or is there someone on the get upset we would call for an We're interim not basis? Yeah, who would yeah, be best? Yeah, you're not calling. You. You're calling me, and then I'll put like, then then I'll put the staff together, right? Like I got to get Cruz. I mean, if I'm gonna go, if I'm going to Shy Town, Cruz has got to come out or he's got to come coach. Okay, you know, what I mean, we got some we got some things we got to get done there. You know, we got to get some we got to get some Chicago love in there as well, right? Bring some guys back to go have some fun uh, and go make a run with it. I, I'm a, I'd be a good staff builder at this point. I think I've I've learned enough to know. All right, here's what I got to go get. So we would uh, we would have some fun. Sure. Are you calling Erlacher Briggs? Ain't no Who doubt. Else? Yeah, ain't no doubt. I'm, I'm bringing Briggs in. I'm bringing Erlacher. We're gonna have we're, we're gonna have some dudes there that got some. They got some strong chins. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're gonna be they're gonna be talking to guys a little bit different than, uh, than than guys get talked to probably this day and age. So it'll be it'll be a fun time. <laughs> and, and not to rub it in, uh, but, but, but like uh, we always thanked Lovey for that final game, the final game that you coach, but. That game, um, and, and I don't know if you thought about this as you watched Thursday's game and DJ Moore's doing his thing, but 
if not for that final game, the Bears don't get the first overall pick, and the Bears don't have DJ Moore. So from us to you, thank you. No, you're very, you're very welcome. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I, I could thank some other uh, other players, but I won't. I won't do that. I won't put them on blast. But uh, hard, to, hard to do that. I'm not gonna lie. You know, when you're sitting there watching it, and you know, you got them on fourth down. I think it was twenty twice, and uh, they convert. I was like, oof. You know, maybe God don't want me to win. <laughs> You're like, hey, something, something ain't right. You know, you ever see that movie Angels in the Outfield, right? Like, yeah. some, something's not right. Like, how, how do we not get in that, that right position? And God bless them, man. I mean, guys trying to make plays and just you know, jump or whatever it is. And you just sit there looking, you're like, wow, that really just happened. That That's hard to do. You know, that is that is hard to do. But but somehow it happened. But, um, no, I, I got a ton of respect. I actually spoke to Lovey uh, a pretty decent amount before that game. And um, I knew, I knew they were going to try to win it and, well, you know, d- deserved it. And, and uh, I, I love him as a coach. I think he's been, he's been a class act his whole way. So, um, you know, good for them and good for y'all for getting DJ. DJ Moore's a freaking beast, by the yeah, way. Just an is. absolute monster, dude. I mean, just a freaking monster. And uh, he'll be – Bears fans will be loving him for a while. Jeff, I, I have to ask. I mean, it sounds very cliche-ish, but, uh, you know, I, I'm interested how players have changed over the course of time. As someone who had a long-storied career in the NFL and then goes back to, to coach, are guys different? Are they harder to manage these days than maybe the when you were playing or is – the game's still the no, same. No, no, I think I think I mean guys love they still love to play. You know what's interesting is is football is much more scheme driven. Um which so so I played for Tom Moore, who for people who don't know who he is, he was a long Pittsburgh Steeler offensive coordinator with all the Super Bowls they won and then comes into Indianapolis and he's with us forever and he goes down to Tampa and he wins Super Bowls with Tom Brady and those guys as well, right? So Old school, like offensive coordinator, um, you know, B- B- Bruce Arians, BA was there with us early in my career. So I had some really good, good coaches. Um, but it was always about technique and fundamentals. So it wasn't necessarily, hey, we got this new scheme. It was, no, we're going to run double set, but here's how we're going to run it, right? Like, you got this step, you got that step, here's where I want you. And I can literally remember, like, Peyton running out. And like showing the receiver, hey, I want you to press here. You know, give him a little, give him a little right arm lean, and then bang, I want you right. And the ball will be here when I get. So much of those things we talked about offensively were based on like technique and fundamental, and it really, you weren't really necessarily trying to out scheme or you know what I mean. It wasn't like, well, we got to get this guy here. You, you kind of just went through understanding they got some really good players as well. Um, and I think what ends up happening with teams is they fall in love at times with a scheme as opposed to execution of, like have less but do this better. Um, and so I think that's part of what I, what, what I kind of saw and the conversations I had is, hey, let's, do, let's try to do less, but, but that'll end up being more if we can accomplish it and execute it, right? So um, Because I think a lot of teams become – like good at things, but not great at things, you know, and it's kind of that jack of all trades, master of none kind of concept of, and when you see, you know, when, and it works if you have explosive players who can go make 
the most out of things. But you and I, or we all, though, on this call, there's not a lot of those. They've got a lot of DJ Moores walking around, right? right? Like, yeah. there's a lot of Jeff Saturdays, right? There's a lot of guys who are good football players, smart, good effort, going you know, to do the details. But they're not. there's only so many true game changers out there. So let's get the most kind of out of our guys that we can. Not worried as much about the, but how each guy can, can be um, his best. And so I think that is part of it. And and so when I talk to teams around the league or talk to different coaches, hey, what do you think here? That's really the conversation. And that goes to the offensive line all the way through uh, every position. Yeah. Jeff Saturday joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. You did mention that. You have been looking at at Justin Fields and and watching his tape. We're wondering now has he has he is he at least in the process of turning the corner of of learning how to process the defense better to go through the reads better. What are you seeing right now, Jeff, when you watch Justin Fields? Yeah, so I, I'm one of those guys. Like, so when he and Lawrence were coming out, man, I, I think he was the second best uh, quarterback in that draft. I'm just being real. Like, I loved him. He's from Georgia. Like, I knew his high school coach. So I watched tape on Justin Fields when he was in high school, like way back when I was coaching high school. So I've seen this kid. Then obviously I watched him go to Georgia and then leave there and go to Ohio State, kind of do his thing. Um, I think he's a very, I think he's a very good football player. I'll be, I'll be honest. I see a kid who lost confidence in what he could do well and tried to be tried to be everything to everyone instead of just honing it in and going okay here's like like i just told you let me shrink this down and do what i do really well and the things that i do well let's magnify them and and one of the things i always have a problem with is is when we uh you know in the media we'll break down 10 plays and it'll be like well the quarterback should have done this the quarterback we don't really know how that play was installed we don't know what are his eyes really supposed to do right so guys are making comments and i get everybody's trying to do their best to show what should happen but so what ends up happening is coaches if you got players that are wide open, and people are like, well, you got to change your offense to fit the player. Well, if you got a bunch of dudes running open, why would you change that play? Right. So the coach wants to call that play, right? But the player doesn't see. So it's really about timing and where do we need to go to get this play executed correctly. So it's, it's kind of a both and. Um, and I do think he's on the way, man. Look, I, I don't think Chicago was nearly as good as people. The, the turn everybody saw from Chicago, I really wasn't on that train quite yet. I still thought they were a little bit away. I, I, th- I thought DJ Moore worked. I think it takes time in the league to learn how to win. And so I thought, I thought they would be better than they are right now, but I didn't think this was a team that was going to just push and blow the doors off, right? I thought they were like a year away to keep building, keep letting Justin develop. Um, and that's really where I think. So I'm, I'm hoping for him, man. I want that kid to succeed. Um, I, and, and for the Bears, man, the league is more fun when you get – the, and the Bears are good. Like, let's just be real. There are certain teams in the league you want to be good. The Bears are one of them. Um, and, and unfortunately, that just hadn't happened here recently. Jeff, you have played with some great quarterbacks in your time. What is like the characteristic? What is? The, I know you've got to be good at a lot of stuff, but if you were advising the Bears or you were advising Justin, what is it that makes quarterbacks oh. efficient and successful? Two words, bro. Process and timing. Okay. I don't care about all the rest of it, do you? People can call them, you know, they got pea shooters, whatever that nonsense is. They don't got this. I played with one who ain't got the strongest arm in the business. He's still in that HOF thing. You know what I mean? Right. And because he processed 
and timing. He knew where his eyes should be. He knew where he was going with the ball, and the timing of when it happened mattered, right? Like the timing of routes mattered, the time of blocks mattered, the time of the execution of his throw mattered. Those two things I I would drive home to Justin Fields. That's all I care about, bro. In your drop, right? Get to your point. I'm set up. Where are my eyes? Okay, so process is checked off. Now the timing. When does the throw have to happen? Is it in the first window, second window, right? Because some of that can change based on coverage. But man, it ain't it. You know, it's not that difficult. Once you see, hey, is the is the is the will linebacker? Is he you know is he flying out and going to buzz? Okay, so now we're coming inside. Is he staying inside? Okay, we're going to go outside. But once you get that process done first and you're set up. The timing kind of comes secondary. And so those I'm just telling you, all the great quarterbacks, I don't care if it's Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Don McNabb, you name it, man. Go all through the league forever. Patrick Mahomes, like process and timing. Now, certain guys can do it better. Like Mahomes has added a whole different dimension, and that's freaking rock star cool. But there are a lot of great quarterbacks who those two things took him. And I think with Fields' athleticism, man, if he gets those two things down, the things he can do athletically are are next level. So let's get those two things handled. All right. Uh, Jeff Saturday joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. So let's advance this. Let's say that Justin Fields continues to progress and continues to look good. Um, He's not a superstar, but continues to get better and better as the year goes on. But let's also say that the Carolina Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. And the Bears, thanks to you again, uh, have the number one overall pick in this year's draft. And they have a chance to take either Caleb Williams or your guy at North Carolina, Drake May. Yeah. What do they do? No, t- Toughest decision in football right there. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's you know, the bird in the hand kind of thing, right? Like, like what do we what do we do here, right? I mean, is this a? And I'll be honest, I would watch Williams and I would watch May, um, and you would have to figure out, man, are those two guys? Because if they if those if you feel like those guys when you when you scouted Justin Fields when you were, when he was a really originally drafted, I understand it's a different group that did that that's here now. But if you if you evaluated him as a rookie and said, okay, he's an eight and Caleb Williams is a 10, then you would go get Caleb Williams or Drake May as a 10, right? Because you think his upside is significantly higher than Justin Fields. But when I tell you I think that would be the hardest decision to make um, for the Bears is because they have other holes that they could fill and other players they could bring in that would be that would you could build around Justin Fields and that's that's vital to the development for his development so it's like man if you you know you but you got to you just got to go with it like whatever whatever these guys think if they're still around as well that would be the hardest decision and i can't tell you now we're so early in the season but i mean i'm just telling you that would be that would be a difficult one cuz you you know we all know it's you're, you if you do it as good as that kid is, man, there there ain't there ain't many Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid stories, right? Yeah. Like there are just not many in the history of the league. So do you reset yourself for three years, two years right. before that kid develops? Because I'm just telling you, I, I love that what Patrick Mahomes did. Andy Reid is a a quarter, true quarterback guru and puts players in great positions, and they had speed freaking everywhere, right? They were already a playoff team with Alex Smith. 
So he's going into a playoff team and now elevating it more. To take a team that's a four- or five-win team to the playoffs, man, that's a, that's a huge ask of one guy in a year or possibly two. The good thing is you've got 12 more weeks to kind of watch this and, right. and figure it out. Um, hey, I have to ask you, too, as a center, this tush-push, this, this brotherly shove thing, A, do you believe <laughs> it should stay as, as a legal play? And B, why can't anybody defend it? I, first of all, I love it. I absolutely, I think it should stay. And so, yeah, people are defending. They're just defending against everybody but Philly. That's true. You know what I mean? Like when you watch all the other teams, I've watched. You know, I've watched New England get stuffed. I've watched. I mean, I've watched every team get stuffed. You know what I mean? And and but they do it exceptionally well. You know, they, the way they get the, the 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 pads of the offensive linemen, they get low, they submarine, and they drive their feet. But like nobody talk. How about that? You got a quarterback who like squats like. 700 pounds. Right, that helps. He's a pretty strong freaking dude and built like a brick house, man. Like, there ain't many of those guys either. So let's give some credit to, you know, to to Jalen Hurts for being able to execute it the way he does. 90% win, I don't care what you're doing, is is freaking phenomenal. But, no, I I think I've seen other teams try it. They are not nearly as good because – their players aren't as good at it. And so that'd be like saying, hey, take this out of the playbook for Patrick Mahomes. That ain't fair. Like, if we're good at it, find some way to stop it. I don't, I don't feel sorry for defenses that can't stop it. Well, I was going to ask you, Jeff, uh, how would you, if you were devising a plan to stop it, how would you go about trying to stop it, knowing that the quarterback squats 600 pounds? Oh, I'm, go- I'm going low with my line, and, I, and my, my linebackers are coming downhill to, to do damage. You know what I mean? Like, you, are t- you, you don't want him to play anymore. Like, like, you're going at – and I'm not saying trying to injure the kid, but I'm saying you're trying, to, you're trying to hit that line square in the mouth and drive everybody backwards, right? Like, where it's uncomfortable to run that play. That's kind of the, the mindset you have to have. But your D linemen have got to go low, and they have got to get underneath. I mean, you see how – the, the Eagles, like they're, they're so crunched down, like Kelsey, and, and, they're, and they're, their arms are bent, and they're so low that when Dickerson does it, they're, and they, as, they, as they lurch forward, their hips are driving into the ground. So, the, you know, they're four or five inches off the ground, but you, somebody's got to go down there and get there um, and push that thing back. But much, much easier said than done, uh, especially when they – and that's the other thing I don't think people realize. They time the count up exceptionally well like the Eagles do to come off in that time and the quarterback to follow Kelsey the way he does how many times have you seen quarterbacks fumble that it happens right because it's such a quick snap exchange for Kelsey to get low like there's a lot of details in that play that just go overlooked it's not that easy to execute but they kill it man and and but that's what you got to do you got to go under him try to get under him lift his you know lift his legs and butt so that his feet are going into Hurts um, to, to keep him from being able to get over that line. Another random question. You spent a lot of your career competing against Bill Belichick. What has happened to the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick? Oh, man, roster. Their roster just can't compete. I mean, I'm just being real. Like, I, I said that. I've said that last year. I said it this year. When you look at their wide receiving core, explosive play dynamic, like what they're trying to and, – and, it was it was not a good idea to have a special teams coach and a and a uh, defensive coordinator be your offensive coordinator for the second year of a developing quarterback. Like that was not a good plan. And Josh McDaniels is a great 
uh, OC and did, has done some great things with QBs and helped Mac Jones do what he did. They make the playoffs, and then you see kind of his regression. And what happens to players, they start – they get frustrated. So now he's trying to make plays that aren't there, which causes more problems, so it just compounds. But I think he and Bill O'Brien, you know, this is his third his third uh, OC in three years. I think they'll put something together, but they've got to get speed on the outside. They ha- your, your tight ends can't be your most threatening players. Like, it just doesn't work in the NFL anymore. Big plays are way too vital, um, and, and that's kind of where it is, in my opinion. It's they got to get somebody in there to help that roster uh, evolve and grow and get better. Um, I, I don't think it's a coaching issue. I'll just be real. Like Bill Belichick is a freaking smart, smart coach. Like it, all over, he's one of the few coaches I've ever met that I think can coach any position, and you wouldn't miss. Right? Like the dude knows ball. Um, but Jimmy's and Joe's matter, and and I think that shows. I, I think I think people realize. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. coaching can only make a difference if the teams are pretty close. If they're not close. I don't care. You can coach yourself till you're till you're blue in the face, bro. That, that other guy's just better than you, you yeah. know. And that that's showing up. Bill Belichick, the GM, has undermined Bill Belichick, the coach. It sounds like that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jeff, great stuff. We always appreciate your time. Great catching up. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, love you, fellas. Y'all have a great one. You too. There's Jeff Saturday. Uh, we got to thank him for uh, last yes. year. I feel good about that. What an and, affable guy. He too. really is. He's one of the best guys out there. Yeah. Um, don't forget, again, we're going to be at uh, Twin Peaks Warrenville tomorrow, 2 to 6, 282.52 Deal Road in Warrenville. We've got Waddle's World coming up. Barstool Big Cat joins us in about a half hour. It's all coming up. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Get weird. Waddle's World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Remember FDIC. Uh, did you see what Bob Costas did the other day? I heard in the meeting. I did not know about this. Bob Costas saves restaurant diners life by giving the Heimlich maneuver. Would you know how to do it? I think so. Right so. underneath the ribs, right? You yes. Gotta, yeah. An upward thrust, right? But not too far so you can't break ribs, right? Correct. The Heimlich, right? Yes. Yeah. He performed the Heimlich maneuver on a diner at a restaurant in Syracuse, New York, saving his life. The patron, who was Costas' longtime friend, began to choke when he uh, went into uh, doctor mode. Bob doesn't think this was that big a deal, a rep for the longtime NBC sports personality said. He really feels he did just uh, what just about anyone would do in a similar situation. That may be true, but would you be able to execute the plan? Or would you freak out? Would you... Um... Well, what's the what's the key, too, to uh, giving the Heimlich maneuver? Um... Like, if someone's coughing, then you don't do it. You got to make sure that they're not able to talk, yes. not able to cough. That's the sign that they're actually choking, yeah, and that the windpipe is is completely blocked. If you can hear sound, if they're making noise, 
Then what? Then you don't. You don't. Well, yeah, the Heimlich. Then what is, do you do? You don't want to be breaking. Well, if, someone, glass of water? if someone can cough, they don't need the Heimlich okay. maneuver. It's when they can't talk, when they point, and they can't make any sound. They can't breathe. Well, if you start like, listen, if we're sitting at the lunch and like you drink a glass of water or you eat something, and, and then you're just like kind of coughing, like something went down the wrong pipe. Right. But you can say, I'm not going to jump up and give you the Heimlich. Right. But if your face is turning purple. Yes. And you're, you know, pointing That's to usually your... the sign is, is right when, isn't the international sign like you point? Pointing to your throat, yeah. Yeah. That's the international sign? The international hey. sign. <laughs> I didn't know that Southern had a medical school. I think everyone's, uh should take a class on this, right? Uh, on when to give... CPR. Yeah, especially as a once you're once you're a parent, it's highly yes. encouraged yeah. to take a class. Okay. Do you I think, think that you could, you know, kind of at the very least, you could jump into motion and yeah, actually or get at it at the very least within ninety why, why seconds? Why are you shaking your head? No, Jake. What you, you, you do? No, you're turning and running. I'm, no, I'm going to call for help. No, in you just YouTube it. You got ninety seconds. YouTube throw it up it. on the YouTube. How to give the Heimlich. I mean, Jake's Bam. a rather small a lad. Time. So you think you could get your arms around like someone Sylvie's size? Uh, what, what are you doing? Just saying. Well, yeah, what are you alluding Mel, to? Mel, do you think you could jump into action and make it work? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Have I you def- ever? My have hands would be right around that? his neck. I'd be like, come on, man. Oh. Or the neck. That's For not Sylvie, the Heimlich. Right? Oh, I was going to say, that's not the Heimlich. You're choking. Yes, you're choking. We got to finish him. Let me help him. you with that. <laughs> we got to finish him. Yeah, somebody bring me a pillow. <laughs> Have you ever, anybody here, been uh, forced into action for a Heimlich? I have not. Have you ever been close to choking or I been have. with somebody I, that... I, I, I thought I was choking in the conference room years ago on really? a tortilla chip. Well, I, a tortilla chip's not going to kill you. A no, tortilla sharp, chip? though. They're sharp. Oh, well, you make it, 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 it was, No, but... I could not speak for really? a good 20 seconds. From like, a tortilla chip? Yes. Look, you never know what it could I be. I would think more like a piece of steak or a right. sandwich. The steak not a tortilla is, chip. I got to say, probably the steak is usually the biggest culprit. Culprit, yeah. So have but you it, ever been, like, have you ever been forced into action for any medical situation? Knock on one, no. No? Meller, you? The phones are no, ringing. I, have I hope we haven't given any faulty information. Okay. Right. Listen, the, we, are we given faulty information? I doubt, I doubt it. We know the Heimlich like we know hockey. We're fine. One's more a little more important than the yeah, other. That's true. Yeah, like if I'm giving you advice on a power play, really not as important as if I'm giving you bad advice on the Heimlich maneuver. That is true. I don't think there's any good advice on the power play. Most hockey teams' power plays suck. Shoot. That's the advice. Shoot. Especially if I've got you with five Shoot shots. Yeah, from five the, shots from on the goal. 300 level. That's always the advice. Shoot. You're on the power play. I want to say back in the day, too. Is that what you normally scream when you're at the No, game? a lot of pe- a lot of the people do, though. But there's not enough. Sh- Bill's Shoot. got a choking story. Um, do you remember Buddy Ryan once choked at Ditka's? Do you remember that? I don't. Were you there? Sorry. No, but it was a legendary story. What did Ditka look at him and said, hey, uh, help, help choke yourself. On this. Yeah. Choke on this, buddy. You're, you're saying my lamb chops are not tender enough? Serves you right. But like back Somebody in the day, I want to say back in the day, they used to at first say pound on the back. I think they've since amended that. And then now they say immediately go. In and up? Y- yes. Yeah. Underneath. Well, let's let's get Bill in Lagrange. He's got a choke, good choking story. Bill, what happened? 
Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? What happened? Well, A, this is my second time calling in. What What did you talk about the first time you called in? I, the knot. What? The knot of money. The and na- actually, the knot? Sylvie, looked, Sylvie looked it up in the Urban Dictionary because no one knew what a knot was. Now, 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 now I'm nervous. Now. Yeah, let me now look it up again. I'm going to do, do it again. Do you remember it? Do you remember it? It's no. a knot of money. A, a knot is the street term for a lot of money. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. But anyways, okay. So now I'm to the choking show. story. All right. We've all been to trade shows. Everybody's been to a trade show. So we supervised all these exhibits. And it's the morning the show's open. We're all dressed up nice and tight, looking good. And the chef's cooking us some steak. Just like you said, steak is the culprit. Yeah. eat a piece of steak, and I felt it kind of wedged. So I walked away from my crew. I went to a water fountain. I drank some water, and it lodged in Ooh. where it ain't coming out. So it's like cement. But, try add a little water, and next thing you know, it's completely uh, stuck. Exactly. So at this moment, a forklift driver is driving past me to get off the show floor because the show's about to open it. And I'm like, help me, help me. And by the way, I got snot and spit all over my face. And he steps on the gas and drives away from me. <laughs> so I lit. True story, true story. So I literally jammed myself up against the door molly end doing the self Heimlich. Yeah. And this piece of steak comes out. So I walk back up to my crew and they're like, what the hell happened to you, dude? And I'm like, man, I, I, I got a story for you. So the next day, I'm at a tavern and I hear the, the, the local labor guys. I was out of state. and the local labor guys saying, hey, did you hear about the teamster that saved that guy? And the guy that drove past me. He would have left me for dead in the aisle. So they were telling but, people that he actually saved you, but he, he did yeah. He drove you away. No, he drove, he drove away. away. He stepped yeah. on the gas. Wow. But, uh, I mean, picture me. I got snot and spit all over me, and it was. I, I'm sure it wasn't a pretty sight. I'm sure it wasn't a pretty sight. Oh, well, you're sight. alive, Bill. You're alive. I'm alive, and I'm fighting the fight, buddy. I yeah. fight the fight every day. Well done, Bill. No, you guys are the best. So, so that, that's how you, 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 you do the self-Heimlich maneuver on a yeah. doorknob? Like, is that what you do? Like, you do yep. like in here. <laughs> exactly. You slam yourself up against a, a wall or a door opening, and it worked. I'm telling you, it worked. Right, well done, Bill. So hey, Bill, you guys are the going, best. Man. Going forward, chew your food up a little better yeah, next time. And man. by the way, take that knot out of your shoe, Tommy. Yeah, you got it. I got it. All right, no knot in my shoe. Not allowed to have. I don't want to screw around with. Uh, he sounds tough. Doesn't he sound like he a gave tough himself, guy? He's got a knot of money, and he and he performed the Heimlich on himself. Uh, Dave says he saved someone. Okay, let's go, Dave. Dave. Like in the hells. How's it going, guys? Good. So I was in a grocery store. I'm in sales, and I was doing my work in the grocery store. And this girl that works there started choking, and I was probably I don't know twenty feet away from her. And the girls up front uh, at the registers and everything were screaming and hollering, calling 911. The That'll girls help, right? When, when everyone panics, right. that really helps the situation. <laughs> right. So I just, like, put my laptop down. I walked over there, grabbed, you know, put both my hands around her. She's a real skinny girl, too, maybe 80 pounds. And I just launched her off the ground, did the Heimlich on her. And, like, the second time I he pulled on her, I got it out. So then she just looks at me, and I look at her, and... Are you okay? And she just takes her head, and she's getting the tears out of her eyes and stuff. And then she just went back to work. 
didn't say a thank you or nothing. She didn't even give you a thank you, Dave? <laughs> not even a thank you. Wow, and I go you to that saved store. her life. Not, not even a thank you <laughs> note the next day? No. I, the funny thing, I go there still every week. Every week I'm in that store and I see her. You're, and she still has not said anything. Oh, that's terrible. That's did, awful. The, did the food shoot across the room? I don't know what right happened. Right into the salad like I, said, she, I had her right up in the air. She was a little tiny Are you girl. sure she was choking, Dave? Oh, yeah. She was choking. <laughs> to make it sure, because maybe she didn't say thank you. Maybe she should have gone in from mouth to mouth first. <laughs> right? All right. If we're taking yeah, a medical right. situation. She was definitely choking. All right, All right. Good work, Dave. Good work. You want more of these? Yeah, one more from Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. We're good. Yeah, uh, love your show, by the way. Thank Bless you, um, Tom. Yeah, I uh, was a, a, a manager at a Friday's up in Glenview. and I know that um, one. I'm the one on Willow? <laughs> yeah, right, right on Willow, right, right, across lay, from Prime Minister, right. right across the street from Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah, Willow. <laughs> and any, anyway. Um, it's where you did your best I, work up there, right? Picking up the ladies. Not at all. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I was married. No, I meant um, Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, was in the kitchen expediting, and I'm, you know, and, and a couple of waiters, waitresses came in and said, Tom, we have a woman outside choking. She's, she's choking. And so I run out there, and my, bar, and my doorman is grabbing her, but a little bit too high. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah, and uh, not to say anything. But anyway, so I said, look. Lorenzo, drop it. Leave it. Leave her. Leave her. She's purple by the time I get to her. And um, so I grab her. And all you got to do is you got to get the diaphragm. You got to get below the diaphragm and put pressure and push whatever they have in their throat out. And she had a cherry tomato lodged in her Ooh, throat. Oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah. A whole cherry. She accidentally swallowed it. And, and this thing shot literally 10 feet across the table into the glass wall and just splattered. So kind of the, the funny part, but the funny part about it was when we got done, we're both like shaking to death. You know, I'm shaking because I thought she was going to die because she was purple. And she was shaking because she thought she was going to die because she was purple. And uh, um, so I, I, and she was so embarrassed by the whole situation. I said, you know, let's just go to the bar and, you and I can both do a shot right now. <laughs> and her friend says, go, 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 go. That's so how we you celebrate a successful uh, Heimlich maneuver. Yes. To Heimlich. Very, very much so. so. But I learned I learned how to do it, and uh, that's the only time I've ever had to Let's perform it. Very good. Well, you done, saved Tom. the life, Tom. That's, that's power <laughs> right it's more than we've done on this show. Right. <laughs> well done, oh, I don't Tom. know about that. I think you've saved a lot of lives oh, on this show. Oh, no, man. I don't believe so at all. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Tom, good stuff. No problem. Thank well, you. Take care, guys. See you, Tom. Uh, emergency appendectomies. Has anybody... Uh, perf- no, I'm joking. Uh, but that's good. Good to know that like we have an educated uh, group of listeners that know how to kind of go into action and save people. And it was good to know that we didn't screw that up, telling people how to get yeah. behind No, I thought you had, a great, uh, you had a great presentation on how you... Uh, how you handle that situation. So, uh, it's that's always good. important. Yeah, well, well, you know what? we got to take a break. When we come back, I'll uh, take this into complete nonsense territory. Instead of helping people with medical situations, I have a story about a woman who went somewhere weird to retrieve something, and I'll ask you if that's something you would do in a similar situation. That's next. 
Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. By the way, you see your guy, uh, Steve Garvey's uh, running for uh, Senate. You know, yesterday you brought up Bartman. Today you're bringing up Garvey. What What are you doing to me? You're bringing up all my past. You're a grown-ass man. October. You're a grown-ass man. You can know, handle but... a good Steve Garvey conversation. So he's running for office? Yeah. What else is he doing? Running around flexing his big meaty forearms. Does a meaty he's a, forearms. He's a pitch man for, uh, for uh, Harry's Razors. <laughs> I'm Steve Garvey. I've got big forearms and they're hairy as hell. He's got a uh, Waddle's got a Will Clark story for you tomorrow, Sylvie. Right, all the hits. Heard he's not a very friendly man. He's doing a lot of podcasts these days, though. He's got funny stories. Does Will he? Clark does, yeah. You know what's not funny? The beatdown that the Astros are putting on the twins right now. Uh, okay, would what would you do here? Woman rescued and these stories become have become too frequent. Woman rescued from outhouse toilet after climbing in to retrieve Apple Watch, Michigan police said. So the Apple Watch fell in like a porta potty in right. an outhouse toilet? Yes. She lowered herself inside the toilet after oh. dropping the watch at the Department of Natural Resources boat launch. First responders were called when the woman was heard yelling for help. The toilet was removed. And a strap was used to haul the woman out. Oh. If you lose an item in an outhouse toilet, do not attempt to venture inside the containment area. Serious injury may occur, state police said in a release. Duh. Like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, you can't navigate in there. Well, why would you, like, first of all, that's a health That sickness. you just wave goodbye to the watch, don't you? Yes. Like, yes. Aren't they insured? Don't you usually have some insurance? Maybe you have for... a little Apple Care, right? Yeah. Do you have Apple Care? They're I mean... lost or stolen or damaged. Are you ever watch? Or I just you just say even if it's been... freshly cleaned and all there is is blue disinfectant right. in there, you're still not going in. What do you think you're doing? She had was she? I mean, there's no reference to whether or not she was in? drunk. Like she was. Diving, I don't know like how she was she driving was... for a, to diving for a treasure. What, what what would you have to drop into that portalette to actually? That's you know what a good you question. Do you know what you do? Where where do is, you like how much money? Where you just call the company and say, hey, listen, here's the deal. Whatever it costs to retrieve this, however you go about retrieving it, I'm willing to pay for it. But this portalette right here has. I've dropped my wallet, or I've dropped a piece of jewelry jewelry that's worth. $12,000 in here. I need to retrieve like it. I'm wedding, not going in after A it. wedding ring is yeah. different. Yeah. But but a watch, again, like... Are you going in after a wedding ring? Yes. You yes. are? You're diving? Well, no, I'm not diving. I'm so doing I mean, what you, you said. Yeah, you're calling the company. The, 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 the Apple Watch, first of all, don't you have to... I don't know the ins and outs of this, but usually when I go swimming with my Apple Watch, you have to set the function that you're going swimming to make it waterproof. So wouldn't if you didn't set the function Choose for it to be underwater, anyway. wouldn't it wouldn't it take in the water and wouldn't it be no good? I don't know. 
Or that is that point, a I just, scam I just, that I'm hitting the water button? Probably so. A little bit of both, yeah. That Jake, is literally... you know the technology on this? I, I mean, I think they've gotten better over the years. But at the same the time, I still, I still wouldn't want an Apple Watch that was down there. You know what I mean? Like right. That, that's that. true, too. Like, we like call Apple that a sunk cost. That again. Right? Sunk cost is what we call that. Literally. Yes. Sunken duty cost. Yeah. And I can't even imagine if it was, like, filled with what those things are normally filled with and not just the blue disinfectant oh. liquid. How many places on earth are truly more gross than a portalette? Than a portalette at I the went, end of a festival. Okay, like, speaking of that, I went to Country Thunder when Chris Stapleton was there mm-hmm. and had to use a portalette. I think I... I think I got tuberculosis from it just from walking in. What does it take for you to have to go number oh, go two and all? Really? You don't even uh, the flinch? Urge? Really? You don't yeah. even flinch with that? Uh, not usually. Like, if I... Oh. Look, I would prefer not to, but if I have to, you have to. I get to be really What else happy. are you going to do? You don't have the what capability of holding it for later. Ever? Uh, as much as you can, but sometimes you just... it's got to happen what are you gonna do well if it's got to happen it's got to happen yeah but there there are many days when i can maybe that's why i'm having some problems in my pants but excuse me uh what do you have like uh, you know i i I, I have i'm I'm, having some problems in my pants is what you just said twice a year not often twice a year i love how twice a year not often not often I would say twice is one is twice too many. Okay, no? that's no? fair. Yeah. But it it's happens, not though. like it's happening. Has it, it ever happened? Quarterly, to would it quarterly really be often for you? And, yeah. and it's not because I'm uh, uh, holding it too much. It's because I trust the fart. At this point, you just keep putting your hand on the stove, don't you? Huh? It's, it's, there are certain quirks about yourself that you just accept. That's one that I, I, I just uh, you know I roll what? with. I'm sorry, Doc. I just poop my shorts twice a year. It's just that's, who that's, I am. That's it's what part it is. of the fabric of who I am. Look, they're, they're twice a year. What do we have? We have the summer solstice and we have the winter solstice. Yes. Whatever the solstice. Those are my solstices. Okay. Sometimes they happen like two days apart. I've got the poop solstices. Doesn't necessarily have to be spread out six months apart, right? You could actually go back to back weekends, right. dropping I, a deuce I, in your I, shorts. I average twice a year. Like some some years zero, some years four. Yeah, four. Wow, that is quarterly, Meller. By the way, did you see this? A man climbed the Accenture Tower in the city's West Loop today, this morning. What 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 did he do that for? Man was spotted climbing the tower just after 10 a.m. and made it to the top around 10:45. Chopper Seven was over the scene and caught him scaling the building. What did the, he climb it with? Not he was just his bare hands. Like he, it was yes. suction, like yeah. Spider-Man. Uh, no, stuff? no, there's no. no suction cups. Like on the no. no? The man was uh, later seen being arrested and put into a Chicago police squad car around 11 a.m. Police claim the or say the climb was part of a publicity stunt. Well, of course, you never know though today in today's I landscape. Yeah, I mean, like, like I don't know. Some people just aren't afraid of heights. Some people aren't afraid of jail. This guy's obviously not afraid of heights or jail. How long do you stay in jail for a stunt like that? It's a good question. I don't know. 
All right, that's really all I got for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Barstool Big Cat will uh, join oh, us nice. next. Is he ready for uh, Bedard time tonight? And is he ba- is is he back on board with, with Justin, and Justin, especially with yeah. Justin? We'll find out that coming up next.